Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast and the founder of MBAschool.com. Today, I have the pleasure of having with me a numerous-time podcast guest, Linda Abraham. Linda is the founder of Accepted, the premier admissions consultancy for MBA and medical school, law school, grad school, and college admissions. She is also the host of the Admission Straight Talk podcast. So we're recording this in July, but when this comes out, it'll be in August. And we're going to be talking about the up-and-coming MBA admission season. Um, but before we do that, we're going to recap a little bit what happened last year. We'll get into this admission cycle, and we'll give some advice for the prospective MBA candidates out there who are thinking about applying to business school this year. So Linda, thank you so much for joining. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast and uh, to get to chat with you. And I, maybe as a starting point for this conversation, let's start with a wrap-up of the previous MBA admission cycle. What were some of the big themes or headlines? And from your own conversations with schools and admissions directors, how did people feel about last year? First of all, I want to thank you for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and a real privilege to be on your podcast. Now, in terms of what MBA admissions directors and B-schools were kind of experiencing, I think that number one is increasing test optionality and choices, fluidity in the whole testing area of admissions. Is it required? Is it waived? Are you going to have to apply for a waiver? The whole thing, it, it really ran, is it simply required? What tests are acceptable? So there was a lot of change and again, fluidity in that environment. And I think it's going to continue because I think the schools that are still requiring tests are feeling some pressure from schools that are not requiring them and fearing that they're getting less, fewer applications as a result and therefore looking less competitive. So that's kind of one area. Most US MBA full-time admissions programs, or at least the directors I've spoken with, have said that they experienced a drop in domestic applications, in other words, U.S. applications, and an increase in international ap applications. Some talked about record numbers, I think, I think Tuck did. And that was kind of the big, in terms of application volume, the big change or the big trend that they were experiencing. And also, in, in some conversations, I think that admissions directors expressed more than typical concern about some of the irresistible opportunities that their admitted students were receiving before they could actually show up on campus. They were concerned more about what's called summer melt and their yield. Some admissions directors felt that they were really competing with employers for the applicants, employees this cycle more than any other. This seemed more acute in May and a little bit calmed down since then. Recent conversations didn't seem quite as much concern. That's a, I think that's a great wrap-up or a good summary. And I would be curious to hear your thoughts about how much of these trends do you think are circumstantial to this specific year, so short-term, versus how much could be potentially something that could be around for a prolonged period of time? Test optionality and fluidity in terms of the testing requirements, I think, is going to be here for several years. In terms of the drop in domestic applications, the increase in international applications, as well as the concern about competing with employers, 
I think that's very dependent upon the economy. If yep. unemployment remains as low as it has been, we were at historically low unemployment numbers, right? In the United States, opportunities are more plentiful and people kind of feel, why do I need an MBA? I can go get this position now. I don't need it, right? I think that that's you know, going to be a major factor. The other factor that I think is also here to stay and might be starting to hurt MBA programs is the cost of the programs, the ever-increasing cost that exceeds inflation, I think is also a factor. And that's going to be around and has been around for as long as I can remember. Certainly. And the, that one makes a ton of sense, and you know, particularly for such an important investment. And just given as to what we were talking about with the state of the economy, I could see how that might th- make someone want to think twice about potentially or delaying it or maybe even putting it off if they feel good about the prospects that they have. So that was a great recap of last year. As we think about next year, one of the things that we alluded to briefly is just the state of the economy and just what's happening in the economy right now. And we're recording this in July. I would just be curious to know how you think the economy will impact application volume, just given some of the uncertainty that exists, and also just some of the change that has certainly happened in terms of we're seeing in the news now, there have been more companies that have been coming out with rounds of layoffs, and that could be something that could continue. But also to the point you made, point in time matters too, because at certain points over the past couple months, there have been maybe more promising signs. So I'm just curious what might be some scenarios of what could happen to that application volume, just knowing some of the uncertainty that exists in the economy. Right. I think it's an excellent question, number one. At this point in time, unemployment is still at an all-time low, historic low. Most schools are reporting drops in application volume from last cycle particularly among U.S. applicants, as I mentioned. However, if or when a recession kicks in and unemployment increases, my experience since I started doing this in 1994 is that application volume will increase when unemployment increases. And this is also what I've read about, and this is what business schools count on when they know that application volume is going to go up in a recession and application volume is going to go down in an expansion. So I anticipate that round one of this upcoming year, application volume will still remain fairly low, or at least similar to last year, because the economic environment is similar to last year. Yeah, there are warning signs. There are warning signs, but it always happens to somebody else. It's not going to happen to me. The economy, I think, has to get worse for people to start thinking that, yeah, it is happening to me, or it could happen to me, and maybe I should go get that MBA degree. So when that kicks in, when that change kicks in, I don't think it's going to kick in round one. It might start to kick in round two. It might, I think it's going to be much more likely next year. So the implication for applicants this year is if you're ready, and we can discuss what ready means, if you're ready, do it as soon as possible. That doesn't mean compromising the quality of your application. That's not what I'm talking about at all. And it's definitely not what I'm recommending. But if you're ready and you apply round one, when application volume is still likely to be lower than it will be in a year, or maybe even round two, there my my crystal ball is a little fuzzier, then do it. And if you can't get it ready by round one, then definitely do it by round two, because I think you will be better off than if you apply a year later. Obviously, you as an applicant have to weigh up your own circumstances and opportunities, et cetera. But just talking in terms of the economy, 
on the impact on application volume. And remember, lower application volume means less competition for you, higher likelihood of acceptance, higher likelihood of scholarship. It could really, really pay off. So let's actually talk about ready because I think that is an important point, and I know it's something that you've we've talked about before. What does right. it mean to be ready? Okay, great question. It means that you are academically competitive at the schools you're applying to. That would be in terms of your grades. That would be in terms of your test score if it's required or advisable. That would mean that if you had a low GPA, you've you've provided other evidence of your academic ability. That would mean that you have a goal, a clear goal that requires an MBA from the school that you are applying to. Now, not all MBA programs put that much emphasis on the goal, but most do. And for you yourself as an applicant, you should know why you're doing this and what you hope to get out of it. That can be tremendously helpful in terms of guiding you where you should apply, where you should be putting your efforts. And once you get to business school, again, where you should invest your time, then you also need to be able to demonstrate the personal qualities that the school is looking for. Almost all MBA programs want leadership. Some will value innovation a little bit more. Some will want to see managerial ability, administrative kinds of abilities. And the other thing you have to think about is kind of a why should they admit you factor? What are you going to add to the class, whether it's diversity points, specific levels of experience, perhaps a distinctive perspective? You don't have to climb Mount Everest. You don't have to swim the English Channel. But you do have to know who you are and be able to convey that in your application in a way that will tell somebody, this person's going to be a really interesting addition to the class. I think that's a good holistic kind of perspective on what it means to be ready. One thing I was thinking about as you were talking in terms of if you do feel like you're ready, you should apply. Just the fact that if you are ready, and let's just say there is a recession of some kind, if you're going to a full-time program, you'll be going for two, almost two plus years. And right. so you're thinking about the immediate context in the short term, but this is also a little bit more of a longer term uh, investment. And I guess what I'm getting at is that there is a world where even if you if things do go get challenging in the economy, by the time that you come out of this, there could be better prospects ahead. Right. right. You know, most recessions usually last a year or two years or something like that. Some was a little shorter. The COVID recession was obviously much shorter, but if you end up going in at the beginning of a recession, you're usually coming out into an expanding economy with increasing opportunities. So the timing could work very much in your favor. Again, and I know you agree with this, but I just want to make it really clear. If you are applying to a top school and you rush your application or you submit something that doesn't represent you well, it's not going to do you any good. It's yep. just a waste of time and money. But if you can put that application together and put it together well. Maybe you have the test score. Maybe your school doesn't require a test score. You have the academics. You have the work experience. You have the leadership experience. You have the clear goal that I was talking about that requires an MBA. And I think this is a great cycle in which to apply. For sure. One of the things I was just thinking about as you were talking is just as we talk about some of these potential impacts from the economy and what that might mean for MBA applications, do you sense any type of variability at all based off the type of MBA program? So for example, the full-time versus an online versus a part-time versus executive in terms of might applications be helped or hindered more just based off of the program type? I'm a little fuzzier, frankly, on the part-time and the executive sure. MBA in terms of the relationship to the economy. I would think that there, there may be a similar impact, but not quite as strong. I think 
whether you're talking about part-time or full-time, the question of, do I need this degree exists. Now, if somebody is stagnating in a position that see fewer opportunities, they're more likely to go for any type of MBA. That would be the part-time, the EMBA, the full-time, the online. So that would be an indication that they would go for that. I think if somebody gets laid off, they might figure I might as well go for a full-time. And if if you have a recession and they have a job and they're enjoying the job, well, maybe I don't want that full-time. I don't want to take the time away. So again, with the part-time, my crystal ball is definitely fuzzier, but I think it may just not be as clear a correlation. Let's put it that way. Sure. I mean, I think the one aspect of the part-time that does make a difference is just the fact that you don't, if you're doing part-time and working at the same time, your ROI calculation changes slightly because oh, yeah. you're not forgoing the opportunity cost of two years worth of tuition. So the calculus changes a little bit. Absolutely. That said, the thing that is to be thought about or what you would want to be thinking about is like with any given MBA, what is your goal and what is the outcome you're trying to achieve? And what or how by doing this now, is how is this going to help you get there? And depending on what that thing is and depending on the economic climate or job market for that thing, whatever it is, that is another kind of consideration and thing to to think about. But Absolutely. Uh, part of why I ask, and I'm curious to hear on your end too, I have noticed that I was just looking at my Google Analytics on my site last week and the most viewed article in the months of May and June was an article I did about what it's like to graduate in a recession or what it's like to be in business school during a, rece- <laughs> a recession. Uh-huh. And so it's very clear that this is something that is top of mind, I think, for people who are thinking about and evaluating whether or not, based on their goals, if now is a good time to apply. I don't know if you've had started to have some conversations with folks who are applying this year or starting to work with folks just yet, but I'd be curious to know what's on their minds or what are they thinking about right now. We definitely have started having this. We, we are working with people applying this yeah. year. We have been for several months at this point, as well as people just coming now. But I haven't had, I actually had many more of those conversations when COVID hit because it was such a sharp change. And at the time when COVID hit, before COVID hit, unemployment was very low. Inflation was under control. The Fed was being very accommodating. The stock market, as I recall, was going up. And then COVID hit and things very rapidly changed. And then I had several conversations. I remember this very clearly, and I'll get back to now in a minute, uh, very clearly with people. And I'd, and you know, schools were extending deadlines and adding deadlines, and they were really worried about filling up their classes. So, because the, the internationals could not come in and there was no testing. So I had several conversations with people and I'd say, you have your test, you have your goal, you have experience, you have the academics. Why don't you apply? Well, it's round three or it's a late round or I'm not ready. I'd say, well, Okay. And they'd say, well, why do you think I should apply now? Because in general, I discourage late round applications. And I said, well, this is a different situation. You know, the schools, the applications volume has been low this year. They're really worried about filling up their classes. They're extending all these rounds. I think you should try it. And they'd say, no, I don't think so. And then a few days later, they'd call me back and they'd say, I want to go forward. This happened several times. I don't remember how many at the moment, but it, it, was, it wasn't just an isolated case. And then when they got into a school that they didn't think they could get into, they definitely called me up and thanked me because they said, I would never have done it if I hadn't had that call with you. So yeah. at the risk of patting myself on the back for a minute, <laughs> those conversations kind of really triggered my, my thinking now. 
And in terms of the conversations I'm having now, people aren't really focusing on the fact that if the recession comes, there's going to be an increase, a likely increase in unemployment and all the domino effect in terms of application volume. And I've kind of been, you know, trying to beat that drum. Yesterday, I spoke with somebody who's in, who found his niche in product management. And he's thrilled with what he's doing, very happy. And he's really thinking whether he needs an MBA. And I said to him, well, in product management, there are some firms where the MBA is not valued. And there's some firms where it really, really is valued. So it's possible that you could continue your career in product management and not need an MBA. And it's possible that at some point you're going to find doors closed. You, Al, are probably better able to speak to that than I am, but that was my understanding. Was it correct? Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, I think it's one of those things, right, where there are plenty of people who are product managers who are successful who didn't get an MBA, and there's plenty of ones who did. And certainly there's a measure of, you know, what do you attribute their success to, right? The fact that they were really smart or the fact that they went to school. But to the point you made, and what it really anchors on is that if you are clear about what your goals are, or what you're trying to do, it's then thinking about what is that thing that the degree is going to do to help you get to where that is. And fully acknowledging that sometimes there may be multiple paths to that, which I think is absolutely right. true with something like product management. And sometimes to your point, it can really depend on the company that you decide to apply to. And certainly also just one easy way to check or one that I think many applicants uh, should be doing if they're not is really being able to look at those employer reports and to see the types of uh, companies that are coming on campus, as well as what specific roles that they're recruiting for. So one example in the case of product management would be Amazon. Amazon does recruit product managers from MBA programs. And so if you were, that's a major, major employer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And part of this is just going back to, I'm sure, things that you talk with your candidates you know, all the time. And, and anyone who's thinking about any type of MBA is really anchoring again around what is that outcome they're trying to get to and how is this experience going to help you get there? Um, but I do think where it does become interesting is when you do have a career goal or a functional role or industry where there are multiple paths, right, to, to do it, right? Or if you want to play around with the timeline of it, right? If it's right. immediate versus maybe something that's a little bit longer term. Because then it gets interesting of, okay, if we have some flexibility around uh, the path we take to get there, and maybe some of those constraints might vary in terms of, well, do I need a full two years to go and study to do this? Or would something else do? Or do I want to pay a small amount of money to do this or a large amount of money? That's when it starts to get kind of interesting in terms of the opportunities that may open up or present themselves. And also it gets kind of interesting in terms of the programs that are out there on either the job or career side or honestly around the learning development side uh, around upskilling programs and things, which in some cases may be able to help some certain people to do that. It's definitely something I see a lot of, particularly with students who uh, and potential candidates who kind of are on a good trajectory and do feel pretty good about it, but they have this looming question of, do I need to go and get this MBA because it would either get me there faster or I do want to work at companies that really seem to have a lot of people who work there who do have MBAs. And those are two good signals of things to investigate further, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. This fellow, though, that I was mentioning did, did not mention you know the economy once in the call. He had yep. other things that were more immediate and they, they were real. They're not, not critical, but it didn't come up. And I actually don't, and I've obviously talked to a lot of people. I don't remember 
the economy being mentioned with any prospective client calls at this point in time? So what, we talked a little bit about some of the changes or that you saw or the trends that you saw, and, and a couple of those related to the application itself in terms of either schools moving to changing their testing policies, right, or mm-hmm. to giving more people more options to do it, or in some cases, just generally, you know, I think schools every now and then are just going to go make tweaks to their application because they feel the need to, you know, improve it. Any trends you're seeing outside of maybe that for the applications of but besides outside of you know more testing options that seem to be coming up more and more or anything that you've seen just from what you've looked at so far this year? Well, I think there's some ongoing tests, trends rather. I mean, the test optionality and a lot of variation in that area, I think is ongoing that we've already touched on and some really interesting ways to approach it too. The other thing I think that has already started and is just becoming more and more prominent is I think you're I think calling the MBA a, a business degree, it's what it is, but it really has morphed into a leadership degree. I think more and more schools, especially business school deans, see themselves as preparing leaders, not just managers or administrators or anything like that. This came up really clearly at the AGAC conference where we heard from various deans. And it's not just this year. This is an ongoing trend. When you talk about Yale's motto, you know, to create leaders for business and society or uh, Stanford's um, change lives, change organizations, change the world. It's not just business. It really is a much broader context and much more emphasis on the soft skills of leadership Yes, you're going to learn accounting, you're going to learn management, you're going to learn economics and, and that stuff. But I think it's that stuff is foundational for the higher calling of leadership. I think it's going to continue to be, despite COVID, an international degree, because I think international business is international. And yes, leadership is also international, sadly lacking in general. So I think those are going to be ongoing trends. I think... That's, those are, those make a lot of sense. And I, I definitely can see them. I think the other one that I would add, I'd be curious to get your take on this too, is just one thing I see, and it has less to do with application trends itself, but more to do with the MBA degree now that we're on it is over the past couple of years, we've seen some interesting tweaks and nuances of either of of new MBA programs and offerings. And so one example would be the MBA I uh, right. uh, Kellogg MBA program that really focuses on the intersection of technology and, and business, more so on the working professional side of the house of MBA programs. But we've seen things like UC Berkeley deli- building a hybrid uh, working professionals program, which is online, but still has some in-person elements. And I believe NYU has a very did a very similar thing where they kind of rejiggered an existing offering to develop a new one that had elements of in-person and virtual. And the other one that comes to mind is I believe Emory this past year launched a executive online MBA program targeted for- I think there are others also there. Yeah, in, yeah. In particular. So, so I just, I think those are interesting to me because they prove- as I'm sure you know, getting a new program off the ground is not a small endeavor and is an investment. And so the, it, my assumption is they must see something uh, in terms of a market through their own validation oh, yeah. or through through the application volumes of certain types of people that has given them reason to want to spin up these new types of programs. I think Ross also has a yes. quantitative management online program at NYU. We mentioned NYU. There's also several data analytics programs that are online. Georgetown 
comes to mind. So yeah, no, I think that's another trend that's going to be increasing. But it's going to be really interesting to see if some of the big name and you know the top MBA programs try and develop online options or either hybrid or entirely online options, and if that ultimately doesn't start cannibalizing the full time MBA programs, which have been their big source of revenue. Right, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is the kind of the the. My assumption, at least, is one of the reasons for the inclusion of these programs is to either differentiate a program as a whole, as a brand, or to round out to protect the the full time, right? In terms right. of based off of what we were talking about earlier, and some of the trends in terms of potentially applications, you know, being down, particularly amongst domestic students. At I think some the point. other trend which I, yeah. which I did not mention is increasing DEI offering offerings, yes. diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think yep. Tuck now ha- not Tuck Duke has a concentration yes. in that many more programs are offering courses either on elective or, or required basis. Certainly, increasing concern about being as inclusive as possible. Yeah, for sure. Both in their admissions and in terms of the education provided. Well, Linda, it's been great chatting with you. I guess maybe to wrap up here, my last question: maybe put on the prediction hat just for a second. What? Any predictions about how this, the what you think the how the year is going to go in terms of MBA application volume? I think some of that, as I, as I've said, is going to depend on the economy. Okay, I think round one we'll still see relatively low application volume, probably comparable to last year in terms of domestic applications, and I'm going to say that probably international volume will will stay strong because. Overseas, I think that there are more economic problems than at this point at home. The clouds are gathering in the United States, but it hasn't started pouring yet. So I think round one, we'll still see relatively low application volume. Round two, it'll depend a little bit on what's happening in the economy. And I think round next year and round three, I'm I'm not, I'm really fuzzy on. Next year, I think is when you're going to see an increase in application volume, an increase in competition, unfortunately, probably a recession and higher unemployment. Okay. We'll see how things play out. But in the meantime, Linda Abraham, the founder of Accepted, which again is the premier admissions consultancy for MBA, medical school, law school, and grad school and college admissions. Thank you so much for joining. If people want to learn more or engage with you and your team, where should they go? They can go to accepted.com, click on the MBA admissions link, and you'll get all, all you need to know. Hi, everyone. LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.